Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of She, a sex-positive feminist podcast where I discuss the highs, lows, and nuances of being a liberated woman. Are you breaking down yet? Because I am breaking the fuck down right now. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness, I've been crying like all week about the fact that I miss my job, which sounds like really dumb, but y'all, y'all, if you guys, if there's anyone out there that loves their job, like you would understand and you probably do understand. You're probably right there with me right now, but I've just been crying so much. <laughs> like, I don't think that I, my fucking tear ducts can even produce like tears anymore. I think I'm dehydrated. I think that's what's happening to me. And you know what? Now that I think about it, I haven't even just been like crying about, uh, you know, the quarantine and everything. I am literally so quick to cry. I mean, I was like an emotional bitch, like pre-quarantine, but now I'll be like watching America's Next Top Model and the girl that I like gets voted off and I'm over here eating popcorn, like sobbing into the bowl. Like, you know, why did they send her home? She was, she has so much potential. Like that's literally been me. Um, Anything even remotely that inconveniences me even even slightly is, is making me emotional right now. <laughs> like I just recently rewatched Cycle 4 of America's Next Top Model where like Tiffany was on there and like Tyra blew up at her. She's like, Tiffany, what have you done? We were all rooting for you. I have never yelled at a girl like this in my life. I was just shook like there were tears streaming down my face and I'd seen it before too so if that tells you anything about my current mental state <laughs> this is a shit show <laughs> you know what else is a shit show though in like sixth grade when you have to do like a sexual education class does anybody remember like the sex education that they got in middle school because I can pretty vividly remember and I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I have no idea why, but whenever I, I talk about it out loud, it just like sounds way more like fucked up and weird <laughs> than the memories actually are in my head for sure. The only sex education I ever received was from a sex ed class that I had to take in sixth grade, which would have been like 2006, 2007. And at the time I was living in Afton, Oklahoma, which is a town in Oklahoma that it has a population of about a thousand people, a thousand at the time. It really hasn't changed much since then. I had probably about 13 people in my graduating class. So needless to say, I did not receive the best education there. And for some reason, my mom didn't ever have a talk with me, like ever. I never had that awkward chat with my mom. And I'm going to preface this by saying that before I even went to that sexual education class, I had already been masturbating for like a year. And it was something that was like obviously very secret. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm so fucking weird. Like this is the weirdest thing ever. I'm never going to tell anybody about this. Why am I so weird? I actually remember like the first time I like discovered my clitoris and it happened. I remember it happened in the bathtub, which is so funny looking back because now I frequently 
masturbate in the bathtub. So that's kind of something that has stuck with me since I was, what, 11 years old, which is fucking crazy. It's crazy because I know several women who are my age and older who still like have no idea how to figure out how to like masturbate properly or like have an orgasm or like explore their bodies. And part of me feels like the really limited and terrible quote unquote resources that we were given when we were younger as far as sex education goes has failed them. That's what I think. I remember bringing home a permission slip for my mom to sign because the school needed her permission so that they could teach me a thing or two about sex. When we did the class, they split up the boys from the girls. So we were in even smaller, more intimate groups. Because remember, I had a graduating class of 13 people. So it was very, very small groups. I think the girls outnumbered the boys. Basically, all they did in this sex ed class was like show us pictures of really extreme like untreated cases of STDs and they didn't show us pictures of penises like I remember I mean they showed us a lot of pictures of like real pictures of vaginas but they only showed us like diagrams of penises so we didn't even really know what penises looked like and they basically were just like don't have sex or this is what's going to happen to you or don't have sex or you're gonna be pregnant it's a bad idea you just shouldn't do it so they really really just pushed really hard for abstinence in this class they taught us really well actually about periods which is why I mentioned in another episode that I made a period kit and I have this class shortly before I actually started my period like the week after having this class so I had my period kit ready in my locker just ready to go But that's about it. Like we didn't get any education on like masturbation. So I was still at that point, I was still just like, okay, so I'm doing this weird thing with my genitals that I don't know if other people are doing. And it is so weird. And I don't know if this is like good for my body, but I'm going to continue to do it. And I'm just going to hide it from everybody. I remember at the end of the class, they had us take like a little quiz to like make sure we learned things and whoever like scored the highest got like a prize or something which I don't even remember what the prizes were but I also remember every single person in the class even the boys got these t-shirts we got t-shirts And I remember the t-shirt because at the time I thought it was so dope. I was like, yes, I feel so punk rock. This t-shirt for our class that we got, everybody got the same one. It was a black t-shirt and the art on it had like neon yellow lightning bolts on it, a neon pink like electric guitar on the front of it. And in big ass letters, it said sex rocks dot 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 not waiting dust. I honestly kind of still wish I had the fucking t-shirt so I could wear it like every single day of my life and never actually change out of it. Just like shower in it, sleep in it, go to work in it, go to the grocery store in it. Like it'd probably be a crop top at this point, but yeah, I really wish I still had that fucking shirt, man. It was gold. So because of the shitty education that I received, I was basically set up for fucking failure whenever the time came, which I'm sure is just about how everybody's experiences went. I asked a couple friends about their experiences as far as uh, their first, you know, sex talk went. And a couple of them 
actually got the sex talk before they did sex education at school. So they already were kind of, they kind of had a, a better head on their shoulders about it than I did. And their parents were like, way more chill about it. Um, and honestly, I think that's the way to go instead of like letting your children be fucking wildly misinformed and just absolutely terrified that they're just going to sit on a toilet seat and get herpes like immediately. Horny kids are just gonna do whatever the fuck they're going to do, you know? It makes that desire and it kind of pushes that curiosity about 10 times like more whenever you're like, no, you just don't, you just don't do that. We're just not, we're not going to talk about it. You just don't do it. We're, I'm, I'm not going to give you any information here, but you just shouldn't do it. Like, I feel like if you normalize it a little bit and you're like, yeah, this is a penis. This is how you make a baby. Um, sex isn't just for procreation. It's cool if you touch yourself in the bathtub sometimes because it's not weird, I promise. Like if someone would have talked to me that way about it, I wouldn't have gotten into half the shit that I got into when I was younger. <laughs> I think the problem is that we all have a habit of just sexualizing the human body. People are afraid to like let their kids see naked bodies because I don't know, like I don't think it's a big deal. Like it's just a body. Other people sexualize naked bodies, but we all have bodies. Some of us have different parts than others. If we were to take a step back and like maybe stop sexualizing nudity, then our kids wouldn't have such a hard time when they reach this really fucking awkward age and they don't know what's happening with their genitals. Nudity is natural. I mean, maybe teenage boys wouldn't be getting all riled up by a girl's kneecaps if we weren't teaching them to sexualize bodies like that. Like, I don't know where the, the concept of, of virginity came from, and I don't know who the fuck thought it was a good idea to tell people that it was important to wait to have sex with someone until marriage, but, like, that has to be the most fucking disappointing thing ever. Like, I can only imagine falling in love with someone, marrying them, marrying a whole-ass person only for them to just be the worst lay ever. But then again, of course, I would probably be a terrible lay. Like, it just does not sound like a good time. It does not sound, like, honestly, it sounds like you get married and then you guys just have, like, a really uncomfortable, weird moment. It's supposed to be a celebration of marriage. It's not supposed to be torturous. If you want to wait till marriage, that's cool. That's your choice. But, like, I don't think that we, when we're children should be pressured into doing things because other people say that that's the right way to do things. You know what I mean? I feel like if we were just to teach people, if we were just to teach kids, like, hey, it's normal to have these feelings. It's supposed to feel good, but it does come with a responsibility. I don't think it's that hard to let them know that it's it's a normal, natural thing. It's not just for procreation and you can have fun doing it while also teaching them about how much responsibility it is. I honestly kind of feel bad for these poor women who've been convinced that it's the best decision to wait until they're married because they probably don't know any better. They're just like, okay, this is what sex is. I lay here in the starfish position while my husband gets his good good. We're just laying here, being jackhammered, uh, waiting for it to be over. 
That is probably one of the many reasons why women generally have way less pleasurable sex than men. And again, I said generally, so for those of you who want to get upset or offended by that, I didn't say all. I was also kind of like super duper pissed there for a while because I don't know if other people had a different experience with this in their classes, but in mine, nobody talked about like homosexual relationships. Everything like came from like a heterosexual sort of standpoint. And I understand that I come from a very conservative and very like (laughs) Christian area. I mean, I live in the Bible Belt still, but I obviously from a very young age have had like a big curiosity about women and those were the times when I was kind of struggling with like is it normal to like be attracted to women and I felt like a fucking freak. I had no idea and also I feel like if they were to have tried to even do something uh, to educate the children about homosexual relationships, they probably would have been like, yo, you're gonna get AIDS if you're gay. I feel like it sucks a whole ton for people, for queer people, because we kind of had to like figure that shit out on our own. We get little to no information about that. I mean, we already have little to no information about heterosex, but it's like, that much worse for people who aren't heterosexual. So I kind of chapped my ass. The bottom line here is that to ensure that our children are developing really good critical thinking and decision-making skills, we need to make sure that we are giving them all of the facts and information that we possibly can about sex so that they can then make an informed decision about whether or not it is the right time to have sex or not, or what sort of precautions and safety measures they need to take. The more educated you are on a subject, the better you'll be able to handle situations like that. This is the part of the pod where we talk about shit men say. So I was on Facebook one day, just scrolling, minding my own business, when I stumbled upon a post. that this person had the audacity to type out. Oh my fucking God, guys. It is a list for women about how to be the best possible wife you can be for your husband. Talking it all while your man talks hurts him deeply. Ignoring your man when he walks in the room hurts him deeply. Laughing when your man makes a mistake hurts him deeply. Serving your man second also hurts him deeply. Talking on the phone while your husband is in bed with you hurts him deeply. Telling your man where something is instead of getting it hurts him deeply. Having women in the house who talk too loudly hurts him deeply. Answering for your man hurts him deeply. Serving your man's food on a plastic plate hurts him deeply. Wasting your man's money hurts him deeply. Serving his food cold hurts him deeply. Referring to your husband as he or him hurts him deeply. Calling your man to walk to you unless it is an emergency hurts him deeply. (laughs) 
I'm sorry, it's hard to get through this. All right. Inviting or allowing visitors to your home without asking your husband hurts him deeply. Turning off the light he's using without asking him first hurts him deeply. Giving a male waiter too much attention hurts your man deeply. Disrespect is emasculation. Almost unknowingly, these behaviors ruin a man's love for you. His self-esteem, his happiness, his loyalty, his family, his testosterone, his overall health, etc. That's hurting him deeply. If a man is abusive, he will abuse this treatment. It's not for him. If a man is normal and healthy, he will not demand this normal treatment. If you don't simply give it, he will disappear. Exit with few words. Stop calling. What in the Freudian ass shit is this, honestly? I don't know if, like, men know this, but, like, your significant other, your partner... They're not supposed to be your fucking parent. Like, your girlfriend, your wife, she's not your fucking mom. I'm sorry, but, like, if a man expects me to, like, serve him a plate of hot food on the finest china before I serve my fucking child, he can get right the fuck up on out of here. <laughs> also, like, if you're gonna complain about getting your food cold or your food being on a plastic plate, then how about you just serve your fucking self? Also, like, having women in your house who are talking too loudly, that, that hurts men. Really? I like how at the end of the post they're like your man will leave if you he doesn't if he doesn't get treated like royalty like the way that he expects you have to you have to make sure that you don't do these things on this list or he's going to leave and in my head I'm like that's a good thing. I don't want to be with a person who's so offended by my presence, who literally needs every single ounce of my attention, who needs me to fucking serve them 24-7. That's not the kind of relationship that I want to be in. I'm like, bitch, fucking leave. Fucking leave, okay? I fucking love plastic plates. You want to know why? Because I don't fucking like doing dishes. If a man starts trying to control every single aspect of your life to where... I mean, you you don't even know who you are anymore. Like that's a that's that's like twelve red flags, and you need to get all your shit and fucking leave, or tell them to get their shit and fucking leave, because that is not healthy at all. There is a huge, huge, huge difference between doing things for your partner because you love them and you want to show them that you love them, and feeling like if you don't do these things for them you're scared that they're going to leave or get angry. Like, that is not healthy. If you're afraid that your partner's gonna leave you because you're not folding the hand towels properly, there is a fucking problem. Now is the saddest part of the pod, and that is the part where I have to say goodbye. But thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate everybody who tunes in um, and listens to me rant about shit. I hope you guys are doing okay in quarantine. Right now, I may be a little in the dumps, but eventually it's going to be over. I'm just trying to remember that all of this shit is temporary. It's not going to last forever. Things will definitely be different once we get out. But um, in the meantime, we're just going to continue to talk about shit men say and, you know, talk about 
uh, getting your freak on because right now a lot of people can't be getting their freak on and y'all probably miss it, don't you? Again, thank you so much for listening. Um, we will talk to you guys again next week. If you want to shoot me a DM, if you want to send me a rating, you can do that on Instagram at trash as in garbage, Barbie like the doll, and the letter X, no special characters, or you can go to my anchor profile. I'll put the link in the description and you can send me a sweet, sexy voice message to be featured on an episode of my podcast. Um, yeah, uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye.